Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Content Show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of content in just 60 minutes. So now we're all familiar with the concept of the funnel. We know there's a top of the funnel, a middle, a bottom, and presumably everything in between. And according to, I think, how we commonly think about this, the top is where you just try to make prospects like aware that you exist in the world. And then once they're in that funnel, it's the marketer's job and, and the job of sales to kind of nudge prospects along until they get all the way down to the bottom, where presumably they're just about ready to buy. You just kind of need to nudge them over the finish line and close the deal. But for my guest today, this tidy little picture of how I just described the funnel, and especially the, the bottom of the funnel, might be just a little too simplistic, a little too tidy. So my guests today are Tass Bober. Tass is founder of Delphinium Solutions, which is a consultancy specializing in landing page strategy for growth stage SaaS companies, and Lachey Lewis. Lachey is founder of Authority Plug, a content marketing advisory firm. So Tass, Lachey, great to have you guys on the show. So excited to be Thank here. Thank you, Jeremy. It's great to be here. It is really great to have you. So let's jump right into it. When we prepped for this interview, you you guys told me that the, the bottom of the funnel is a little, at least the way that you look at it, it's a little more complex or nuanced than it might seem in the way that I described it, you know, up top. So, Tass, let me start with you. How so? How, the, the way that you look at the bottom of the funnel, how is it maybe a little more complex than the way that we normally think about it? I actually think it's... I actually think it's the opposite, where it's a little more simplified than top of the funnel, especially today with the with the like interjection of AI, because you can produce a bunch of top of funnel content with AI. So previously, you'd hire someone from an SEO perspective to say, like, what is video conferencing? Right. And you'd have that as a blog on your site. You don't need that today, right? You can go to Google to do that. You can ask ChatGPT. And so having that content doesn't really do anything on your site other than add some bloat. So what's going to really stand out now where it can also serve other purposes, which is making people aware of you, is to educate them on what your product does. Yeah, so what it does now is if you focus on a specific and unique POV, of your company, that's where you're going to stand out. And that's what at least Lachey and I have tried to agree on as far as what bottom of the funnel is. Because one thing that's very interesting is that everyone has a different opinion about bottom of funnel. She even posted today asking people what they thought it was. And everyone has a different opinion. And I look at it as we all speak French, but we're speaking in different dialects. And that's where the nuances come in is no one is educated on this and aligned on the single concept of what bottom of the funnel is. And so Lachey and I've had three, four, five hour discussions where we're just arguing with each other on what bottom of the funnel is. And we kind of came together because I've been paid side, she's been organic. And even that in the marketing world, they clash with what bottom of the funnel is. So for us, we just agreed that it is customer focused, customer led and product led information that tells users what, what your distinct point of view is, what your software does, how it solves a problem 
and then how it has helped other customers right now. Okay, Lachey, let's hear, chime in on this. Yeah, so I do feel like top of the funnel is more nuanced. It's like bottom of funnel is nuanced too. We just simplify it um, a lot better than a lot of other people do. But when it comes to making bottom of funnel content, there are really about four or five core elements, right? So there's pain points, there's benefits, there's features, there's consequences. And like Taz said, it's like being able to properly structure these in a bottom of funnel piece is what crafts the piece. It's making it customer focused. It's making it product led. It's tying features to pain points and being able to like accurately convey that in the actual piece. So I think it it's not that bottom of funnel content isn't nuanced completely. It's just that to, I mean, I'm saying for me, Taz, you can like jump in on this if you want to, but I'm just saying for me, like bottom of funnel has a clear goal. It's like top of funnel does too. Maybe it's like email signups or things like that. But to me, bottom of funnel content has a clear goal. And the goal right after that is conversion. That's why I like to stay closely tied to it. Mainly because companies, that's their issue. Their issue is like, okay, we're able to get email opt-ins. We're able to get template downloads, so on and so forth. But we can't get the conversion. And the reason that is, is because they're not writing their content the right way. Okay. So I want to, I want to backtrack a little bit. I want to make sure I understand kind of both of your perspectives. So it sounds like on the one hand, you're saying that compared to top of the funnel, bottom of the funnel is actually kind of simpler in some ways. But on the other hand, you're also saying that even between the two of you and just generally, there's a lot of confusion maybe about, well, what exactly is the bottom of the funnel? What do we even mean by that concept? Yep. Am I, am I, am I, am I right on both counts? No, for sure. Yeah. There's, there is to me more nuance top of funnel. I mean, like bottom of funnel is less nuanced because to me, there's an easier product tie-in. And this goes into a lot of what TAS does as well. It's like the pages that we're focusing on, we're focusing on the product, we're focusing on the features, we're focusing on the pain points. It's just very to the core, right, Mm -hmm. of what the buyers want and what they need and what solves their problems. It's just getting down to the core versus where top of funnel is just more of like high level, maybe like brand awareness. Like let's get this person into an email sequence and nurture them for months through the buying cycle until they get to the end to make the purchase versus going bottom of funnel, fixing a few things. Cause usually it's not, it's not like a total overhaul all the time. It's usually just a few things they need fixing and get that conversion rate skyrocketed a lot of the time. And when you, when you say a few things that need fixing, what do you mean? So specifically with like how their content is structured, how it's written, the type of keywords they're focusing on, that's the biggest things that I've seen specifically. But because even some companies I've worked with, they have bottom of funnel content. It's just not written correctly. It's like features aren't tied to pain points. And then, you know, things like that. It's like the little nuances that they get hung up on. Okay. Usually that's what I find. Yeah. It's either that 
they have no bottom of funnel content or their bottom of funnel content isn't crafted how it should be in order to produce conversions. Okay. I hear what you're saying. So, okay. And, and I think this is, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, this, this makes sense, right? When, when a prospect is at or near the bottom of the funnel, then they're kind of ready to, ready to be, to learn more specifically about the product and this or the solution or whatever, because they're, they've already gone through those other stages of awareness and earning trust and all that stuff. Yep. And so in that way, you could argue like, okay, well, it's a little kind of simpler. Like, whereas at the top of the funnel, it could be any, all kinds of different content just to get people in. And it's a little more amorphous in terms of what might work for a given prospect because you don't know that much about them yet. Yeah. And then it's just like a tighter focus. Even if we like look at it from a consulting standpoint, it's a tighter focus when you're bottom of funnel. And I know Taz made a point earlier when she said everybody thinks bottom of funnel means something different. So specifically with us, it's like the way we structure bottom of funnel content is just different. We put guardrails in place for us. So we only focus on specific things versus top of funnel where it's like so much you can do a lot of different content initiatives you can do like podcast or blog post or YouTube videos or social. It's just so much. I think one of the things that has helped us is like figuring out which part of the funnel we want to focus on, first of all. And then even within that, having guardrails and constraints on what we do and keep it very outcome focused. Like she said, we don't do like a lot of deliverables or anything like that. We keep everything very outcome focused because it's easier to do that when you're focused on bottom of funnel, because the next point after they hit that piece is conversion. So it's not yeah. that difficult to track. I, okay. And I'll, let me expand on that for one second yeah. too. If you think about top of funnel, it's more repeatable content too. So if Zoom has a, what is video conferencing? Teams can have a, what is video conferencing, right? All of these tools can have that. But mm -hmm. then if we're talking about specific pain points, specific features for Zoom, that's not necessarily repeatable by teams, right? So if Zoom has like, oh, we have this like cool AI background, virtual, whatever, teams may not have that exact feature. That may not be an exact thing that they can replicate and talk about. So what ends up happening is bottom of the funnel solves the unique content uh issue yeah zoom zoom has right. the you know you ha we solve this like content uniqueness issue where it's not repeatable or you know stealable or whatever by other companies who's competing with you in the space so one of the things that Lachey and i have seen just talking to people is that they want that the comparison pages what are the alternatives to Zoom? What are the alternatives? What are the best tools in the market? What are their differences, right? And that's one of the things we focus on is that unique differentiation between two companies who are competing in the same space with a similar product. What is the difference? No one can replicate that because you do have a difference, whatever that is. And I think that's where bottom of the funnel can come in and serve is now the audience is aware, they're problem aware, they're solution aware, they're evaluating which solution they need to go for. They're going to bootstrap something in-house. Okay, we'll tell you how to do that. It might be harder. Are you willing to invest? Then if you're investing and you're ready to buy 
and you're evaluating vendors, which one's right for your specific scenario. And one of the things we do too is uh, like tell our companies, you got to give a nod to the other company. Zoom is going to do things better than you can, but where do you excel? So that's where bottom of the funnel is very product led, very customer focused, and we're doing it with a lot of integrity. And I think that builds trust with the audience because they may not be ready for your solution now, but they will when the right context happens for them later, because they'll remember that you chose to put their needs first versus your own company's needs. Yeah. What do you guys see? You, you've mentioned um, Lachey and maybe tasked you as well. Some of, of the clients you've worked with, they, they have bottom of the funnel content, but content, but it's not working. And for various reasons that you help them diagnose, what are some of those reasons? You mentioned some before, but let's get a little deeper into that. You know, what are some common mistakes that you're seeing with bottom of the funnel content? I think one of the biggest things is just like, again, it usually comes down to two things. Either they have the bottom of funnel content and it's not written correctly, or they don't have it at all. So if we dove in a little bit into it not being written correctly, so to play back on Taz's point of when you're talking about like, for example, what is a, you know, what is video conferencing? It's like, there's only so many ways to answer that, right? Video, it's a clear definition versus moving bottom of funnel. Different companies have different pain points and different features and different contextual situations and diff just different everything. So I feel like, honestly, if I had to boil it down to like one core reason, it's like companies aren't making the content customer-led, not even product-led. They may have some pieces of the product in it, but it's not customer-led. They're focused on SEO. They're like, we're doing this bottom of funnel piece. How quickly can we rank? How, how much traffic can we get? When that's not the thing you should be thinking about, you should be thinking about do the pain points in this piece match up to features of the product that solves the problem that they originally came here for, right? That's the biggest thing. I think, yeah. And I'm trying to think back to like audits I've done and things like that, but that's the biggest issue. It's, it's again, those core elements I told you about, pain points, consequences, benefits, features. It's about structuring them in bottom of funnel content to be able to get it to convert. So how I did it specifically is I've been doing the same thing for 14 years. So I happened to come across a couple of structures that convert well a lot of the time. So basically what I did is I took those structures and broke them down into specific elements, the one I just mentioned. Um, and even like even what Taz does is very, very similar. Again, I do it for the organic side. She does it for mm -hmm. the paid side, but it's the same, it's the same principle, right? It's about creating content that hits on pain points, not trying. And I always tell people like, write for the customer first and then SEO second. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest, I think that's the, one of the biggest takeaways for people. Like stop trying to rank. When you focus on, I haven't built a backlink in years. And it's because I focus on the content. And I think that's what I would definitely want to let people know. Take, take your foot off like the SEO gas and just like start putting it on your customer. That's interesting. I've been, been hearing a lot of that sort of thing on LinkedIn as well. Tass, mm -hmm. what's your take on this? Yeah, I wrote notes so I wouldn't forget. 
So a couple of things, the standard practice right now, how many B2B SaaS websites you go to and they hide a product demo or video behind a gate. That is an example of not being customer led, right? Someone is interested in your solution. They want to see how the product works and you're hiding it behind this transactional piece. That's not being customer led, right? That's adding a friction point when someone is actually interested in you. Why do that? Because if now they see your product and they're like, oh, this is cool, they'll reach out to you with much higher intent because they have an idea of what you can already solve. But now you're asking for something before you've proven your value, your worth. That's a problem, right? So that's an example of not being customer led, not being product led. You're being transactional and you're thinking about your outcome, the company's outcome and not necessarily the user. So that's one. Two, I see this a lot, not representing your competitors correctly. (laughs) And so we'll, you know, I look at a lot of comparison pages, competitor pages. And they'll compare some random part of the product. They're not necessarily doing a lot of research on the competitors to see what they do well and what we do well. Mm-hmm. And I used a Loom versus Vidyard example. And both those companies did a great job saying, yeah, you know, Loom is good at this and Vidyard is good at this. And if you're in a marketing team that's larger than 30 people, Vidyard might be a better solution than Loom. Those things add credibility and trust, and there's not a lot of companies who are doing that. So representing your, co- your competitors correctly versus obviously making it about and saying, oh, we're obviously the best solution. I mean, yeah, 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 they're good, but we're better. And I think that's kind of the difference mm. and nuances that I add uh, to the content portion. Another thing is they love to feature dump. So when they do the product-led content, they're saying, here's all our cool features. And there's like 15 of them and you're overwhelmed because they're not all relevant. So sometimes a piece of content can mm. be, if you're, you're talking about a specific use case, you're going to talk about your features in relation to that use case. So it might be three to five things that might help that pain point or use case versus just feature dumping, right? So they think, I'm just going to talk about the product and that's bottom of the funnel content and that's product led. No, you again have to put the pain point of the customer at the forefront and the use case and then build it categorically, the features that actually help those. So that's one. And then the final one, which Nishay kind of touched upon too, is focusing on the wrong outcomes. They do, they put out a blog, they put out a landing page, mm. and then they optimize for the wrong call to action or they don't have a call to action at all. So they either have too many or none at all. And so what ends up happening is the user's distracted. They don't know why they came to you in the first place. They're on this content binge journey and there are situations where that's important, but not for bottom of the funnel where you have promised something in an ad or you have promised something in a search query, they've come to your site and you're not delivering. That's a problem. So I think both have the opportunity to, you know, send them down a focused journey. And they're telling you with lots of signals, hey, I'm ready to explore more. I have this specific pain point. But now you're like, like Dory, right? In Nemo, it's like, look here, look over there and over here. And it's like, you have three <laughs> seconds to grab their attention and they're going to skim before they dive deep. You got to give them enough information to make them want to travel down the page and focus on this one singular journey, right? You got to keep them within those guardrails. So that's kind of how I look at the journey. 
And top of funnels a little more like binge worthy. They can go down many paths, but bottom of the funnel, you want to keep it pretty focused with like one or two paths that they can go down. It makes it easier to track too. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Well, I'm definitely getting a better sense of kind of the, the ways in which both bottom of the funnel can be in some ways simpler, but also there's a lot of nuance to exactly how to, how to craft it to actually convert, which is the whole point. We could talk about this for much longer. We're, we're probably only just really scratching the surface, but, but for now, and, and maybe we can do a part two to this, but uh, for now, let me just ask you, and Lachey, I'll start with you. How can people connect with you? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn, Lachey Lewis. I put out content almost every day. Um, I'm a very visual learner, so I put out a lot of visuals and mental models around content strategy. So if you guys want to hook up with me, find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. And Tass, what about you? Same thing. I obviously have a website, DelphiniumSolutions.com, uh, but very active on LinkedIn. Um, I post content three to four times a week. Lots of my frameworks are out there for free. Nothing's gated. You can steal and replicate. Please feel free to. I think the biggest thing is we're evangelizing a better way to do B2B marketing. And if you can do that on your own, great. If you need help, great. Either way, we're always looking to connect with people and we're very approachable while also being sassy. So um, both things are acceptable and uh, I look forward to seeing you. Please send me a message if you've listened to this and learned something. I would greatly appreciate it. Okay. Well, thank you guys both so much. You're, you're really full of uh, just so many insights. And, you know, I know I, I learned a lot and I'm sure our listeners did too. So thank you. Thank you both so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank You've you given me like us. 15 content ideas now. So this is great. Take care. Thanks. That'll do it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. And as long as you're there, you might as well give us five stars and leave a comment about how much you love the show. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa. We are a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of really kick-ass content in just 60 minutes. Just 60 minutes. How is that possible? Well, check out our website to find out. That's Conversa with two N's, C-O-N-N-Versa.com. So thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate your support, and we'll see you next time.